I'm Deva Flowers. And I'm Chief Bob Vasquez. Welcome to Creating Leaders of Character. Our purpose in creating this podcast is to help you empower yourself as a leader. Specifically as a leader of character. Deva and I come from two very different times. You might consider me an old school kind of leader. And I'm what might be considered an emerging leader. As different as our perspectives may be, we both agree that leading with character is important these days. Actually, it's always been important. Now, it may even be critical. Throughout this podcast, we'll share our perspectives, not to convince you to think like either of us, but to help you develop your own perspectives and apply them to make you a better leader. A leader of character. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Well, the weather is changing. The time is changing. How are you doing, Ms. Deva? Mrs. Oh, I'm Deva? I'm good. <laughs> yes, I'm good. Things are good. And I'm sure our weather is more stable than yours up in Colorado. Yeah, then yeah, that's typical. You know, it changes uh, every 15 minutes or so or 17 minutes or whatever it decides to. We just, you know, when we go someplace, you got to carry everything. Uh, sandals, uh, shorts, <laughs> long pants, uh, mucklucks, uh, uh, because you never know what's going to happen between there and uh, here and there and back. So it's, uh, but, you know, we get used to it. So, but uh, wow. now, Texas weather is often uh, fairly stable, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I've never lived there, so I really don't know. It's it's really funny because you said that to to anybody that lived here, they would think that that the joke here is that Texas weather changes like your moods and it's just all over the place. But what by what you're telling me, it's actually a, a little more stable than Colorado if it's yeah. waking up one day. 30 degrees and then 60 to another. Um, but, but no, ours can be pretty crazy too. Definitely changing by the day. Yeah. Except and, if it's summer, then it's just flat out hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well, it depends on every year, I suppose, but uh, you guys have uh, drought most of the time, right? I mean, it's not, uh, you don't, it's not very wet down there. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think about that a little differently than other Texans do. Cause I lived in Arizona for four years of my life. So whatever we call drought here is definitely not <laughs> drought in comparison to what they have right. in Arizona. Right. Yeah. There's, and what do they say? It's a dry heat. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. After you hit a hundred, doesn't matter whether it's dry or wet or cold or green or whatever <laughs> it's, it's hot. And especially mm -hmm. in Arizona. So it, uh, and the sun, you know, and the, the thing that uh, saves us here, I guess, uh, if, if you will, is uh, the sun. Once the sun comes up, it ch you know, I mean, it, the temperature can be 28 degrees, 30 degrees, but the sun is shining and it feels good. It's it's almost amazing. I remember <laughs> the first time I, I felt that. I, I was out, I can see it. At, I was at the academy and I went outside and, and it was like, I think it was 28. And I thought, wow, this feels good. Wait a minute. What's the temperature? No, it can't be. But, you know, <laughs> and maybe you, you get acclimated. But I would always rather have the cold than the heat. It's an old, you know, we talk about generations uh, between you and me. And I guess there's what, at least two or three but uh, and maybe that's what the difference is. But I can't stand the the hot, hmm. muggy weather. When I go down south, and sometimes, and I try to avoid going down south in the uh, winter or in the summer. Uh, but when I do, oh, I can't stand it. <laughs> Just <laughs> I don't know. But but I lived down there. You know, it's funny because we lived in the south for twelve years, and it, I guess I just we got acclimated to it for that time, and then we left it and. Not so much anymore. So anyway, I hope you had a good week last week. Are you still now you're getting ready for summer, not summer, but uh, spring break, right? 
Oh uh, yeah, today marks my first day because I, I technically I only had one class today, but it got canceled. So oh. now I am officially on break. Um, I'm planning to close my computer and open some books, maybe. And I'm I'm not very good about not doing work when I say I'm not going to do work. I'll I'll say oh I'm not going to do work over the break, and then I end up trying to get ahead, and <laughs> it's just it's just a mess. Um, yeah. but well, uh, you don't want to waste time. Good. But at the same time, you, you need to do what we call, what is it, that resiliency. I don't know if like, you've, you're probably familiar with that term, resiliency. And those are, what is it, four pillars, the physical, mental, um, emotional, and mm -hmm. spiritual uh, areas of our lives. So you got to balance that out a little bit. So take do take the time. I know when you're a, a shining star like you are, you want to be busy all the mm -hmm. time and continuing constantly uh moving forward but yeah sometimes you just gotta uh, where's the smell of roses but i don't know that you have roses down there but whatever uh the i just heard um, i listened to another podcast um, called homemaker chic and it's just two girls kind of chatting and talking about their families and um they, they think it's funny because they try and tell their kids to smell the roses every once in a while but but they actually say no it's, it's not a joke i mean sit there and smell this flower i just grew <laughs> like it's so important their kids are like okay mom finally okay yeah. i'll do this for you yeah um, <laughs> it's yeah. so important yeah i i think it's a bad thing actually that i try and jump ahead and do more because this is spring break meaning at least in texas the weather is pretty temperate um, but warm so you can go swim and yeah. do things that I haven't been able to do over the winter. So Yeah, well, t make time for that. And I, I was talking mm -hmm. to uh, one of our fa uh, mutual friends, uh, Dr. Lugo Santiago, uh, earlier today, and I was trying to express to him that because he, he's, well, la last week was a tough week for him. He was uh, doing a lot of work, and I told him, you know, you got you, you to gotta stop. Guess, and, and I went, yeah. Although it will complain, and although I don't think I complain too much about the snow up here in Colorado, but I love the snow, especially like three o'clock in the morning when I talk, take my dogs out, and it's uh, the solitude is just overpowering in a positive way. It's just humbling, you know, when you're out there just listening to the snow, which you can't hear anything, but it's just it's just gorgeous. So um, yeah, do that every once in a while. So, uh, but anyway, speaking of time. I don't know what time it is. Uh, Dave is like Dave likes saving time. Not in Arizona though, because they're, <laughs> they're they're smart enough not to change it all the time. But man, it freaks <laughs> me out. I never get this spring forward, back upside down, uh, up, whatever it is, because uh, I, I I wake up when I wake up, and it may be right. two o'clock, it may be three o'clock, whatever. It just is. Wow. And um, and the dogs get up with me, so it'll be interesting because we have a, a puppy. And uh, she seems to awaken when the light starts to come, you know, the sun starts to come out and that's going to change here. So, uh, you know, this week she needs to, like, she either needs to adjust or we need to adjust or I'm going to make a phone call and adjust the sun. So that goes back to what it <laughs> Good. It you me, uh, people could do it. Yeah. It took uh, several months <laughs> to train her and now here we are again, all over again. So, um, Anyway, we uh, we had talked. Uh, we started talking about values the last couple of episodes, which kind of got us into some uh, uh, philosophical thoughts. Particularly when we left off last week about uh, your your highest value being God. And if you remember, we talked about. We said, uh, "Hey, so how do you define that?" Because uh, you know, with all due respect, we, we don't want to be disrespectful to anybody. But the, yeah. that term means different things to different people and different generations. I I don't know that the, my generation or the, or the definition of my generation or of God 
would be this different than yours. I, is it, you think? Or is it the same? Is God I God? Think- or is there, you know, and the term that we used, to, that my people use, use uh, normally is creator, mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. which is God. It's just a different term, but I, I don't know. What do you guys, the, your age, you youngsters, you whippersnappers, uh, think about those things? You even think about God? Other than you, you <laughs> David Flowers is the only person I know of that does that. <laughs> I think it really showed in our last conversation about um, the differences between how you viewed it, God. And because when I said God, I kind of prefaced it with the idea that there, there's this concept called religiosity, kind of jumping back to our last conversation. And so, um, you know, Definitely people can disagree on this, but I feel like there's a higher value that everybody has. And I guess nowadays, this is my difference generationally, is that nowadays I think a lot of people can call whatever that is God and be okay with it. I think in your generation, correct me if I'm wrong, but God was God, you know, whether it was the Christian God or you could you could even then say, no, I'm I I have a different faith and this is my God. Um but uh, nowadays, I've heard quite a few people say that, oh, my highest value, what, what I look to, what I base my life on, this is my God. Like kind of lowercase, lowercase G. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, and, and I, I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around this, that in my time, I think we we perceived God with a uh, capital G and uh, this um a concept of a person, a persona, a spirit personified, I guess, and in a, that we as humans are built in that model. That that is the, you know, we're one and the same kind of, but not not God itself. So it's yeah. I think maybe the the, the description the. The definition has changed in the last uh, gosh 50, 60 years. I don't know whatever it is, but but in my sense is that. The way I was brought up, we had a good idea of what God meant, and now I don't. You know, you're, you're right. The people, young, you youngsters, I'll call it say you youngsters. I think mm-hmm. uh, perceive God as stuff, and I, that's mm-hmm. my perception of what your perception is, which may be totally wrong, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, that's what fifty years ago that, uh, or fifty years difference. So it's it's bound to be different, I suppose. You know, so. Now, here's yeah, a here, when, talk about God. I, and, but I think one one place where one area where we can all agree though is the idea, and sometimes we call it spiritualism or spirituality, is uh, a relationship. the The strength I I think, and I to me, when I hear you talk say that your value highest value is God, I think there's a lot of relationship in there. You know, you mm-hmm. can re- relate to some a dais a, a, a deity that is uh, way up there, you know, five million miles away that I, I will never get close to. Or you can have this spirit that you relate to that you can call God or whatever you want to call that. But isn't it a relationship, though? Isn't that what it amounts to? And that's what makes it valuable? Yeah, you kind of reminded me about uh, this awesome story growing up. Everybody in my high school knew, knew about this. And uh, I'm trying to think of uh, things other than God that people might praise the same as maybe a Christian would praise their their God. So in my high school, there were two main characters in my city that everybody knew about. Their names were Frisbee Dan and Sun God. 
And Frisbee Dan was a guy named Dan that hung out at the river. We had a huge river in San Marcos, Texas, where I grew up. And Frisbee Dan would play Frisbee with whoever they wanted. And he was out there 24-7. Like the sun was up, he was there. Sun was setting, he was there. And then he went home or wherever he went and went to bed. So you could go to the river whenever you wanted and play with Frisbee Dan. And then there was also uh, Sun God who would sit on this rock in the river, very peaceful, um, tanning. Uh, he was he was brown, so so dark, but I think he was white. But he'd been in the sun for so long. He was just this orange glowing man that sat on this rock and meditated. And so people called him Sun God. Um, and so when I think about those two men's values, I never got to know them really. Um, but obviously Sun God seemed like a very peaceful kind of hippie guy. Um, and what he loved was to be at the river. doesn't matter what he was doing, sitting out there swimming, just being there. And that's how he spent, like, you could go to the river and see these guys almost any day of the week. So I was just thinking your, your question was, how do we define God? And, and if back then in your young age, um, God was God, whether it be the Christian or some kind of spiritual deity that you can relate to, I wonder if, um, Sometimes nowadays, I, I think the hippie movement maybe, um, but not just the hippie movement, but this new kind of new age spiritual movement um, allows people to feel connected or have a relationship with something other than a spiritual deity. For Sun God, maybe that was the river. Um, and I, you know, I personally might not base my whole life around the river, but he was so connected to it that that's where he he derives spirituality from. That's just, you know, my my assessment of the whole thing. But yeah. it's kind of it, cool to think about. And, and you know, in my culture, we we the spiritual part of it is the connection to nature. You know, mm -hmm. so like I say, the snow, you know, that's not a, a deity. That's just nature as it, it as it creates itself, or as if as God creates it. How you know? I don't know. I don't understand. The, I don't even understand the question. What I'm telling you is, but the, <laughs> but that connection, that re relationship, is powerful enough that, and, and what we often say is that we don't do that enough. You know, we should be more connected mm -hmm. to that. And I'll tell you, if you haven't been I, in this week, when you go on wherever you go to the river or something, think about that connecting to to that natural yeah. thing that's beyond us. You know, I, I, with talking to Lugo earlier, we were talking about a river, you know, that there's a, a term concept about you can never step in the river the same place twice, that, that, that sort of thing. Hmm. Lightning doesn't strike in the same place twice, all of that kind of stuff. You know, if you think about it, that's, wow, that's, that's deep. You know, that uh, we named our first granddaughter Nieves, and that uh, it translates to snow. And I often tell her, I used to tell her more when she was younger, that uh, the reason was because there's only one of her. You know, there's only one snowflake mm. and that's named Nieves in this whole universe, and that's her. And, you know, that kind of connects her, us, to something way bigger than we can even comprehend. You know, to me, and mm. to me anyway, I, I can't comprehend the idea of the creator. I, I know it, he, it, I don't know whether it's he, she, whatever. The creator exists, but that's as far as I can go. And I accept it. Now, going back to the topic that we were talking about with values, however mm -hmm. we define it, that's the most important thing in your life, in my life, in others' lives, whoever says that, whatever that may be. And, uh, and the point that I was making last uh, week, I think, uh, Deva, was that 
okay, we identify whatever that thing is. Or in because uh, I think I mentioned my exercise that I do in my workshops. Uh, let, let's say three things, the three most important things in your life. Okay, you identify them, but what do they mean? Again, God is number one. What does that mean? Typically in my workshop, people say family. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was at the Air Force Academy, I always asked the, the cadets as they were uh, graduating, what are you going to miss most about the academy? Okay, number one, me. Yeah, chief, we're going to miss you. Mm-hmm. Okay, obviously. I got that. Yeah, 100%. obviously. All right, I'd, I'd slap them if they didn't say that. But uh, <laughs> the the second uh, thing that they often said, and probably 95% of the time, was my buds, the people that I just went through the Air Force Academy experience with. These are my friends I live with. I mean, they literally live together 24-7 and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So that relationship, I'm going back to, to what I said earlier, that relationship is what they valued most. And I'd always tell them, you know, don't worry too much about it because after 50 years, everywhere you go, you're going that relationship is going to get stronger and bigger with other people, yeah. you know. And uh, I, what did we do? 17 assignments, I think, in the 30 years of active duty. So 18 when we got here. And um, I have there's probably no place in the world that I can't go that I'll meet up with somebody that I know that I serve with or, you know, that's relationship, you know, and and as warriors, our commitment is to each other to give our lives for each other if we have to, you know, so, which is again, a relationship, which is very, very deep, you know? So, uh, so anyway, how do you, how do you uh, define or describe family? I mean, you have, what, what's your family? I mean, I I don't know that I don't, I know you have grandparents who you loved uh, deeply and uh, you have brothers, sisters, siblings, or, did you did you do you disavow them because they're so bad? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I love my brother. I think we have the sweetest relationship ever. Uh, he's four years younger than I am, and uh, there's lots of people that have come up to us and said, "How are you not annoyed by each other and hate each other by now?" And we we really have a great relationship. Um, it's interesting that you added family because earlier you were mentioning the four pillars, right? Air Force has the four pillars of health or whatever they call it, right? So uh, recently, I think Civil Air Patrol adopted that. And I think it's very similar to yours. It says mind, body, relationship, spirit. But then the fifth one that they added was family. And I think that um, I think that the reason that they added that was because the it's the youth uh, really is, is Civil Air Patrol is a cadet program. Um, so, yeah, how do we define family? I, I guess that was your question to me. And. I, I always just think of bloodline, um, but that almost seems to cheapen the kind of strong relationships that I have with friends and other people. And so I guess my definition would be bloodline, even if, you know, maybe I'm not really connected spiritually or have a strong relationship with a family member, I'd still call them family. Um, but then those friends and, and otherwise, maybe maybe it's possible to say that best friend is almost as connected to family as or as close to family as possible. But you're right. Maybe somebody doesn't have a strong community or a strong family and and they want that that label to be on their best friends and on their and on their soldiers and on their um, battle buddies and everything. So I wouldn't take that away from them. They can use family in that way if they want. So, and- yeah. Uh, Maslow, I, I, you've probably studied Maslow by now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 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 belonging is central to to that um, pyramid that we all want to belong to to something, and not so much something as some group of people. You know, uh, it's funny. Uh, Groucho Marx once said, uh, "I'll never belong to any group that would have me as a member." Uh, 
Groucho was a, a, a comedian. And sometimes I think about that. Yeah, I don't want to belong to that group because, you know, that means that they would accept me and I, I'm not worthy. But um, but nonetheless, we all have that. We, we seem to have that need to belong to something, some organization of uh, a group of people to help us. To, well, and, you know, back, I, I guess I'm not sure when Maslow came up with his pyramid, but it had to, at least to begin with, uh, when man was, you know, Neanderthals and all that kind of stuff uh, for safety, mm. you know, you, you, you together in in mass, we were stronger so that we, you know, the saber tooth tiger wouldn't come at it or we could kill it or whatever it is. The mass, what is that big mammoth that eat and all that kind of yeah. stuff? Uh, I think, you know, maybe it just, it started that way, but then eventually now we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff, but still we want to belong to groups, to teams. Yeah. To, and when the, the relationship gets strong enough, then that's, I think, when we call it family. Uh, but again, the point is, what does that mean? The, identify whatever it is that you think is important, whatever in your mind, whatever you think that is. Uh, call it George, whatever you want to call it. And then ident uh, uh, define it or, or, or clarify it so that when you make decisions, because that's how we make decisions based on our values, then you know what that means. Well, I'm going to make this decision, and the decision is uh, I want it to be the best thing for my family. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean? Again, my family, you know, I have a nuclear family, and then I have my Air Force family, and that's mm -hmm. several thousand people. So it's a little bit different, you know. I'm not, I, I don't send, I send out Christmas cards, but I don't send out money to all of my family. Now, my kids, <laughs> yeah. you know, my grandkids, yeah, in fact, I just bought them a couple of iPod, iPads. So it's a little bit oh. different. Yeah. So anyway, I, I think as we talk about values, that's that's key that we identify what they, we think they are. And uh, and mm -hmm. that's important that we do that. And I think I may have told you before, write them down. If you don't write them down, they do not exist. Uh, at least once you've written them down, you can look at them and say, hey, that's not it. Or yeah, and mm -hmm. you know, and, and then uh, what? once you've uh, decided what they, how you label them, then define them or describe them so that you again have a better idea of what uh, what you're talking about. And then the next thing is to prioritize them. Now, how do you prioritize them? You know what? We're out of time. <laughs> let's talk about That's that. A good tap. Yes, everybody let's... should go write, write their values down. <laughs> let's talk about that next week. How do you prioritize what's important to you? Uh, I don't know. You just do. Thank you for listening. We hope that there was something that you heard in this episode that will help empower you to become a better leader. A leader of character. If you'd like to connect with us, please email us at cloc at leadershipandforesight.org. Until next time, be great. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. <laughs>